The first reading from the prophet Ezekiel in today's Holy Mass is one of the Old Testament passages that show us how God gradually revealed the resurrection from the dead to his people. It was progressive and gradual because the full revelation needed to wait until Christ himself would rise from the dead so that faith in the resurrection would be linked to his own person. As he said to Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. When we reflect, and do so soberly, upon the human experience that mounts up in our lifetime, we notice that the givens of human existence are life, death and suffering. There's so much more around and in between these, but it seems that these are the major foundation pillars of our life. Science, social or natural, cannot explain the reality of suffering, except to want to eradicate it. But theology, that is, rational examination according to the things of God, does not explain, but sheds light upon what we call the mystery of suffering. Today's Psalm 130 echoes in every human heart which has experienced suffering. This psalm has that heartfelt plea to God from out of the depths of suffering and awaiting in darkness for the dawn. We are instructed by this psalm and many other parts of Holy Scripture and the entire deposit of faith, that the ultimate cause of every human suffering is sin, both the original sin that is broken by holy baptism and the personal sins for which each person is responsible. As well, the collective impact of sin even makes the innocent suffer. Without sin, we would have been immune to death as God intended. But a solution to sin was needed, and that solution is the redemption, which Christ achieved and which includes both the forgiveness of sins and the elevation of human beings to eternal life with God, back to that original blessedness with even more given as well. With all that in mind, let us briefly examine what Jesus did for his beloved friend Lazarus, who by death experienced the soul being separated from the body, as we all will. In the raising of Lazarus, Christ reunited his body and soul and regenerated whatever corruption Lazarus's natural body had suffered. Lazarus was restored to corruptible life, the natural life we live now. It was not a resurrection, but a resuscitation. Lazarus went on sometime in the future to die a second time. However, Christ's divine power over death that enabled him to summon Lazarus back to life from death is a portent of his own resurrection, which belongs to a whole other order, the order of being incapable of dying again. The stunning reality is 
that we are promised to share in this new order through Christ because we have received holy baptism, not because we deserve it, not because it is owed to us, but only because of God's infinite mercy and charity. So what does the resurrection of the body mean and what might it look look like or be like? St John Paul II in his famous and lengthy set of papal addresses called The Theology of the Body leads us masterfully into an insight into this. Firstly, he acknowledges that this is a future state of existence outside our experience at the moment. But it is not entirely hidden from us even though we do not possess the full view of it now. Reflecting on what we find in Holy Scripture, John Paul II says that in the resurrection of the body, the body we have now, as man or woman, will be newly constituted. We won't have a different body, or an idealised body, or a genderless body. Our body and the spirit will be in total harmony so that the body becomes spiritualized and not as we experience it now, often in conflict with the spirit, such that our body inclines towards one thing and the spirit another. In the resurrection of the body, it will not be the case that the spirit is willing and the flesh is weak. It will be a harmonious union of body and soul, whereby we will live forever in the blessedness of God's presence. In conclusion, our reflections today must also include mention of each of us being prepared for death. We are on our earthly pilgrimage. This is our time of grace and mercy in which we work out our earthly life in keeping with the divine plan and decide our ultimate destiny. With God's helping and healing graces, our work is to do good and avoid evil. There are two major helps in this, Holy Communion and Confession. Without both, our capacity to do good and avoid evil is severely restricted. You may be receiving Holy Communion regularly, but if you only rarely go to confession, you are missing out on 50% of the divine graces that God offers to you. The Church has always known this, and this is why she advises everyone to go to confession at least once a year around this time of Lent. But that's a low bar, meant to keep our soul alive, But if it is to flourish, we need it more often, like monthly. So come along to the Parish Reconciliation on Tuesday evening at 6pm, which is in the parish where I am, or find out when it's happening in your own parish. And from there, reignite in your spiritual life the two great sacramental graces that prepare us for Easter, prepare us for our own death, and prepare us for eternal life in the resurrection of the body. Our day to Jesus Christus.